Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Happy New Year! It is the year of the rabbit, the yin rabbit, the water rabbit in Chinese astrology and in what we call Lunar New Year because it is based on that lunar calendar. We'll get right to the heart of things. Today is February 22nd and this is Talk Cosmos with the Kaleidoscope panel and we've expanded it just like a brand new year for this special event. So I'm not going to do a whole lot of talking, except to say that our strategy will be a little bit different and we'll learn all about that. Last year was Tiger, forward march. I mean, it was a direct energy. This is more sidestepping. We will learn how to do things. So thank you. We are now ready for Kaleidoscope Visions. Learning about current transits and exploring soul growth cosmic conscious energies applied to natal transit chart readings provided from the audience. This is your Kaleidoscope Visions panel. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, the founder of Talk Cosmos, an electric evolutionary astrologer, consultant, certified color energy life coach, vice president of the Washington State Astrological Association, member of Kepler Astrology Toastmaster Club, of a Dwarf Planet University diploma and AA with music degree. I love mythology, philosophizing, collaboration. I'm an artist, writer, a perpetual student of life. I'm Amanda Pierce, a soul-centered astrologer, astrological consultant, and empowerment-based meditation teacher. I have a BA in psychology, I'm a wellness enthusiast with a passion for healthy eating, and I enjoy creating new realities and shifting old paradigms. I'm John Chinworth, an astrologer whose evolutionary, traditional, and mythological techniques enhance my unique consultations. In honor of sacred space, I encourage dialogue and mindfulness while we explore your birth chart together. I also hold a diploma from the International Academy of Astrology. When I'm not studying the cosmos, I enjoy penning poems, watching movies, or going on Washington State road trip adventures. And I'm Justin Crocodilzi, an archetypal astrologer, teacher, and author. I combine both Western ancient astrology and modern psychological astrology with Eastern Vedic astrology. And I specialize in predictive, electional, and karmic astrology for individuals and couples. I'm a certified aromatherapist and essential oil specialist and an herbalist. And I offer remedial modalities of plants for psychological life issues to empower clients with compassionate healing. I also do in-depth astrological research into arcane astrological concepts, focusing on the mystical, occult side of astrology. And like the Sufi poet Rumi says, you are the entire ocean in a drop. Oh, wonderful. We have two more wonderful panelists. And I will start with Denny Luna. Now, Denny's been on before, and hopefully she'll pop right up. I think it's a little bit of kaleidoscope visions here going. Oh, there she is. Wonderful. So Denny is, and we have all our, let's see if I can find your particular slide. I think it's number four. Can I have number four, please, Nathan? 
Oh, good. Denny is a born medium with 40 years of professional experience. She holds a master's degree in transpersonal psychology, specializing in divination. And an intuitive coach counselor with wide offerings, angelic messages, dreams, subconscious memories, tarot, astrology, numerology, palmistry, crystal ball, lip soulology. And that's a very interesting one. She remote views into distant locations and people, including friends, pets who have crossed over and sees into the Akashic records and your past lives. She does Denny does workshops, classes, meditation, motivational communication, performance coaching, and a national TV reporter turned communications coach and intuitive entertainer. Denny is certified with Gaia Coaching, a world's premier women's leadership program. So do get a reading. Thank you, Denny. I'm so glad this was your inspiration. You've been on two years now with the East West, and this is very thrilling to have you and Justin joining. So the next individual we have is Jennifer Ning. Ng. And Jennifer, I know through Toastmasters and really thrilled because Jennifer really has much of this Chinese astrology understood. She practices, but she four pillars, classical feng shui of the yellow hat set, widely practiced in East Asia and studied under retired master David Lee of the Hong Kong chapter in Toronto. As a horary forecasting and sinistry astrologer, consulting astrologer for clients, she also practices a blend of Western traditional and modern astrology. Jen holds the Horary Practitioner Certificate from the School of Traditional Astrology, STA, and Professional Astrologer's Diploma from the IAA, which is International Academy of Astrology. She teaches four pillars at the IAA, gives talks or has given a talk for organizational professional astrology known as OPA and NCGR. All these have acronyms and I have spelled them out. You can check and the IAA, and Astrology Toronto. She's a member of Astrologic, of AFAN, ESAR, or ISAR, however you want to say it, NCGR, OPA, and the Canadian Association of Astrological Education. And with me, a member of Kepler Astrology Toastmasters Club, and anybody is welcome to join that. Just go to Kepler College. We're always making a plug. Jensers on the Nonprofit Volunteer Board of Astrology Toronto as co-president. So thank you, Jen. This is a real treat. I've learned a whole heap from you. You did a wonderful presentation with NCGR Stargazers from the Las Vegas, which I happen to be a member of too. So I really appreciate all this. Well, thank you. We have an agenda and I will post, I'm just going through these so that for people that do want to review, you can see what our qualifications and our however it is to find out more about us. For the first half hour, this is the agenda. I will be giving an overview of why and what is Chinese lunar astrology. Jen Ng will tell about the water rabbit. Amanda Pierce, the yin water. John Chinworth, The Four Pillars, Justin Crockett-Elsie about Jupiter's 12-year cycle that relates so closely to this 12-year cycle of animals, 
And Denny Luna is going to finish us with mindful intentions because really it's a fresh start and it's all about how are we going to begin. So let's get that on board. Okay, thank you. I will begin with mine. And why is it? Because we are part of the natural world. We're all connected. Einstein, we all know Einstein, Albert Einstein, the physicist, theoretical of theory of relativity, his great quote, and I'll read this, a human being is a part of the whole called by us universe, a part limited in time and space. And if we experience ourselves, I'm paraphrasing here, as we're separate, that's an actual delusion of consciousness. And it's like a prison. It restricts us for our desires and affections. So our task, and here I'm quoting, must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion to embrace all living creatures, all living creatures, and the whole of nature and its beauty. Boy, I'm on my bandstand. I just love this. Going back, though, if we look at history, there is a documentation. There is the very first archaeological site known to you know, discoveries in Turkey. And if I'm saying this right, Gobekli Tepe. It was 12,000 years ago, which is BC, 9,600 BC, just the beginning of the Neolithic age, which is when the ice, last ice age was melting. And they have these huge stone megaliths with pictures of animals. And they, it was also an astronaut nomical site looking at the stars. It was unburied um, in 1994. This is nothing new, but we have separated ourselves as consciousness evolved with civilization, with the mythology and the Greco times. So what is Luni solar? It's timing. It's the moon's cycles day and night with the sun of the seasons combined so that it makes it appropriate and useful for a culture, first with agriculture, but for many purposes. And it was probably in Mesopotamia, which is between the two rivers, Tigris and Euphrates in the Middle East, which is where civilization began because they were denoting on clay tablets, cuneiforms. And a lot of it started off with counting because they did a lot of trade, but then it would be like, well, who did that? So they'd have a name. And these are all many of the Luni solar calendars, which I will not mention, but back from Greek, Celtic, Babylonian, the Chinese, Buddhist, and etc. Many, many. So when did it begin? Origins are with the Shang Oracle Bones, which is in a museum, Jen can tell you, and it's in the 14th century BC. And that had evidence of this combination, but it has morphed since then. However, the fact is it is based on exact astronomical observations of the sun's longitude because for the solar, it has to be 315 degrees of the longitude, and that is on February 3rd or 4th. But the lunar with the phases is and a, a different uh, calendar, which I will mention in just a moment. So it has two categories. There's the animals, which are 12, and that'll be featured later. And it has these what they call heavenly stems because it's not an animal. We can see and touch an animal. It's rather these ideas. Heavenly is our concepts. And there's five elements, which are transition, which will again be talked about later. 
but they are fire, water, wood, metal, and earth. Not exactly like astrological because they are transitions. And they also, in addition to that reason, these five or 10 is because it's either receiving or assertive, yin, yang, always a duality, the Tao. So this is John Chinworth. We'll talk more about this and about the growth. And I have it here so that if people are interested, which of course I hope you go back to, you can see how they can overcome or regenerate. Back to when it is. The lunar new moon is always the second new moon after the solstice, the winter solstice, which is when the sun is at zero degrees Capricorn on December 21st. It's in Aquarius and it's a span of a month. It could be between January 21st and February 20th. It happens this year to be at the very beginning. It's one degree and 33 minutes of Aquarius. Then two weeks later around the full moon is going to be the first day of spring. And that's actually when the animal begins. However, the celebration is now, and this is where we're based on. And the latter one is solar. Therefore, it never changes. It's going to be, well, it has a little bit of variation, but it would be the third or the fourth or the fifth. And it's very important with metaphysics and rituals, which again, Denny will talk about, about our intentions. So, the new moon is one degree, 33 Aquarius. And just as a reference, remember back in 2020, December 21st, big event when Jupiter and Saturn got together at zero degrees Aquarius for their 20-year cycle. But it also initiated what they call the grand conjunction because it was 200 years of air. We're in this huge transition, leaving what we see, what we feel into what we think to create. So in China, it was on 22 of January at 4.53 in the morning. And for our podcast folks, I will read that. In Greenwich time or universal time, it was 8.43 p.m on January 21st, because, you know, there's 24 shifts in all calendar. And on the East Coast, which would either be Ottawa for Canada, for their capital, or DC for the United States, it in Eastern time, it was in the afternoon. Three, well, which is, I think, which is yet to be. No, that was yesterday. Three o'clock, 3.53 p.m. Okay, thank you so very much. We will continue now with Amanda, who's going to talk about the yin rabbit. What? No, excuse me, not Amanda. It will be Jen. I'm and I have this slide here, Jen, but we can put it aside because it's just for people to consider. So thanks, Nathan. We'll take it away. Hello, Jen. Hi, and thank you for having me. The rabbit, everybody can think back in their memory of when they've interacted with a rabbit or a bunny or observed a hare or a bunny. And like you mentioned about the Tao practices and ancient practices of observing animals and learning from them, we can think about characteristics of a rabbit or a hare 
And the main difference between a bunny and a hare is that a hare has not been domesticated. It's been wild. And there's some biological differences. Um, hares are larger in size and they tend to either be alone or in pairs. Well, bunnies, their homes are called warrens or burrows, and they can nest or live amongst groups up to 20 other rabbit or bunny family members. So we want to think of the characteristics of a bunny being quite aloof uh, or hard to get a, a read on sometimes. If those of you who have pet bunnies compared to having ever a pet dog or a cat, the, the bunnies tend to have a, a fairly same kind of presentation. It's kind of hard to get a gauge of what a bunny's really thinking or feeling. And so, but they are also wonderful pet companions. And as a re result, characteristics that the year of this bunny year is bringing us are a need to be peaceful d through diplomacy, strategic, non-confrontational, and because bunnies in their warrens have more than one exit, actually apparently up to three at least, that we this year want to be strategic. We want to approach situations with social grace and charm and diplomacy, as well as be strategic and to have backup plans. However, the rabbit is also, unfortunately, an animal that is of prey, unlike the tiger. And this past year of the tiger was really, really dynamic. And the bunny in its natural environment really needs, it's always alert and needs to survive in order to not be caught and, and be somebody's breakfast or lunch. So... <laughs> We also need to be resourceful this year and be thrifty. I think we will still be, we'll have an element of alertness that's going to be required. But bunnies also are social. And like the hare that is often usually found in solitude or in pairs, in many other cultures, the bunny, the rabbit is a symbol of fertility. So this could be a year where we were going to be social, but also need to retreat and be in our, our own time and have take time to rest and take care of ourselves through diet, as well as for those of you who are single, you will be feeling an urge to pair up and maybe date because rabbits, the, 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 the rabbit tends to represent um, non-commitment, as well as enjoy dating other people and socializing. And lastly, it's going to be a year to continue the projects that began in the year of the tiger, as uh, so new beginnings as well, and creativity. Thank you. That is so fabulous. I love it. That was suggested. Let's start off with the, what, what is this year? I think we have an idea. We're going to continue with Amanda. Amanda is going to discuss about the water factor, that this is a yin water. 
and bring up maybe some um, astrological planets. I don't know. We'll find out. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Sue. Thank you. And I apologize if my sound is a little bit off. Um, okay. Yeah. So what I'm excited about this year because of that yin water aspect and like, like Jen said, year of the tiger was a yang year. It was yang water. And so it was very active. There was a lot of outward energy. It was fast paced movement and action. Um, it was like a spigot was turned on and just like the water was just rushing out. Everybody wanted to get out and, um, and live out in the world again. Uh, and that sometimes was chaotic and you could see that with like the airline and luggage delays. So yin water, much different. It's that receptive energy and it's more of an inward flow and inward focus. So it's going to pull on more of the yin factors, uh, the yin parts of the, the water element. So the gentleness, the kindness, a calmness and a peace. And the, all of these energies are going to allow for more reflection and rest and renewal this year. Yin can also appear to be more passive, but it's really more about the direction of the flow of energy. So it's less about that energy flowing out into the external, external world, like we saw with the year of the tiger, and more about it coming inward to our internal state of being. And this is really going to support the upcoming Saturn and Pisces transit. And Saturn and Pisces, uh, Saturn moves into Pisces in March and it will stay there for about two years. And it will stay there for the remainder of the Neptune and Pisces transit as well. Um, and there's a lot of similarities with Pisces and the water rabbit. There's a flexibility and intuition, that gentleness, a connection to spirit, spirituality and to wisdom and some, uh, some challenges that, that the two share. There can be an overabundance of fear and anxiety, um, becoming paralyzed into not making decisions and becoming too passive in life. So Saturn and Pisces, it really, Saturn's all about mastery. So this is about mastering that Pisces energy. And so collectively, uh, we've all been in that Neptune and Pisces energy for 11 years. And Saturn is kind of going to show us the ways where we've been under the spell of Neptune and didn't even really know it because Neptune is so foggy and there's, it's so much of a soup that it's hard to really gauge um, what is going on. And that's, that's true for all of our personal lives. And we'll, Saturn's going to kind of help us get a little more grounded in reality, help us create the, that boundaries and structure. And so this year of the water rabbit with its inward yin focus is really going to support Saturn's ask of us. It's going to provide, um, it's going to allow for more awareness to come forward with that inward focus so that we can kind of get up to the, the task of dealing with this Pisces energy because there's so much sensitivity with Pisces and that's what can sometimes cause the the need to check out or escape or even create illusions um, just so that we can um, deal with life. And I love what Jen said about this is a year about getting strategic about 
um, kind of how to to deal with that sensitivity. And so this fits perfectly with that, the Saturn in Pisces transit as well. So that's what I wanted to share. Oh, that's very comprehensive to focus on the, and we will look at the chart later also. Uh, and I have one for that event when Saturn is coming in just for people to look at. Thank you so much. All right. Next, we have John Chinworth. He's going to talk about the four pillars of destiny. Thank you, John. Hi, everybody. Um, hope you can hear me okay. Did a little bit of research, and uh, you always hear about the 12 animals, and they're uh, put with a year, but it's a little more complex than that. The Chinese tradition has a tradition of uh, four pillars. I tried to find the source of pillar. I think it's connecting earth with sky, but I'm not sure about that. Um, a little bit of background history too. Uh, the pillars are also used in, used in South Korea and Japan, and they date back to the Han Dynasty. That's 202 BCE to 220 CE. It's a sexagenary cycle, which means there are 60 terms, and you have uh, 60 animals with five elements. No, sorry, 12 animals with five elements that make 60. And each of the pillars uh, governs a portion of life. You have a year pillar, which is uh, the root pillar, representing your ancestors in early age. There's a month pillar, which would be like the sprout of the plant, uh, parents and growing age. You have the day pillar, which is like the flower, uh, marriage and middle age. And you have the hour pillar, which uh, represents the fruit and children and your golden age. There's also a pillar I found called the minute or the seed, which represents retirement and your later age. Um, I read somewhere a long time ago and it stuck with me that uh, in Eastern culture, specifically in China, they revere their elderly people because they've lived um, all 12 animals with the five elements, 60 years. So 60 is like this great age to be. Um, I think that's all I have on the pillars. Well, John, I love the conversation that you bring up, just to elaborate a little bit so we can fill it in, that the, the flower, the fruit, and the fact that perhaps that's a, the 60 year cycle that in completion is, is important of a reason why the Chinese revere the um, longevity and, and mm -hmm. the elders so very much. So I, I appreciate that. And Jen did say in chat that yes, earth and sky is correct. So you're spot on. Okay. Right on. Thank you. Yes, yeah. that was beautiful. I'll have to listen. So now we have Justin Crockett Elsie, and he's going to talk. Hi. Oh, and in fact, I think if I can, uh, Nathan, can we have that slide that I, yes, for folks, I will have this. In fact, here is the five elements and in the interaction relationship and also in the phases of transition, how wood fuels fire that builds earth, that contains metal, that carries water, that feeds wood. And then overcoming Fire melts metal that cuts wood, that separates earth, that absorbs water, that puts out fire. So thank you very much for that. And I think 
we have for, uh, oh, and here were some of the outer planets in case we can check with that later. And if people want uh, Saturn when it's ingresses, which will be March 7th, not very far away for that Pisces event. And this is one of the four pillars that John was talking about that would be for the 4th of February in 2023 that you can find out. Uh, but this happens to be where it, it, when the year actually goes to, for the year to be a yin water and the month will be a wood tiger. The day will be a water snake and the hour, which starts at 11, there's a two hour span would be a wood rat. So, and then there's another slide. Justin, you're on. <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully I get Thank this in for the half hour here. So, so there's, I really love what everybody's been talking about so far, you know, Sue, the category and Amanda, the, basically the energy of that and John, the elements. And, you know, one, there's another aspect that overlays on top of all this and it's called the Taisoi, Taisoi. So, as we know, this is a 12-year cycle with the zodiac animals, and it's related to the Jupiter orbital cycle. So in Chinese astrology, they recognize this. And they always looked at that um, in Jupiter's 12-year cycle that takes a go around the sun, they always looked at what stars were opposing or opposite of Jupiter. And this is what's called the Taisoi. It's a portion of the sky and these stars. And there are 60 of them. And th that's why we get that 60-year cycle that a couple of people have already mentioned. It's called the Z cycle. And what they did was every year with the stars that are opposing Jupiter, there's a guardian or what's called the Grand Duke of Jupiter. It's the Taisoi. And so this is the guardian for the year or the Grand Duke of Jupiter of every year. And what what's important here is they saw that it really not from a religious or superstitious uh, concept, but they considered uh, it to be more scientific. And, you know, that Jupiter affects the Earth's magnetic field and relates to our growth. Archetypically, Jupiter is the planet of growth and expansion so of good luck and, and, and good fortune. So it's really kind of important as we see this that uh, we pay attention to Jupiter and and every year that this happens. Now, uh, of course, Jupiter's in Aries, and so that those people are born in 1999 and, and 2011 are actually having their Jupiter return in Aries. Of course, next year, Jupiter will move into Taurus, and those people who have been born will actually have their Jupiter return in Taurus. Now, before the turn of the century, though, uh the uh the jupiter uh, at this particular time was in pisces but because of the synodal cycles and 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 time of cycles it is now uh, moved into aries and so for the foreseeable future the next uh year of the rabbit 12 years from now in 2035 jupiter will also continue to be in aries so um it's really kind of important here to pay attention to Jupiter and how it represents our growth at this particular time of the year. And it's kind of neat because you can always relate Jupiter to this time of the year and that how does that animal uh, reflect and, and feed into your growth and affect your chi. 
So that's, I know we got to get to the half hour, so I'll let you go. And that's what I wanted to share. Oh, Justin, I apologize. You were fabulous. And we, we're always flexible. I, I meant to say one other thing that the, Please. Grand, the Thai story for this year or the Grand Duke this year is Pichy, Pichy, P-I-S-H-I, Pichy, is the guardian of this year. The plot thickens. It's very good. We have assistance. We're not alone. As often said, I like it very much. We will conclude with Denny after this break. So thank you, Jen Ng, John Chinworth, Justin Crockett, Elsie, Amanda Pierce, and Denny Luna. Year of the Water Rabbit. We'll be right back. Thank you so much. we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Aquarius, ruled modernly by Uranus and Saturn in traditional astrology by the ancients. By leaving a cycle based on governing structures through both man-made and universal laws, Aquarius breaks established patterns, permitting the energy of freedom, just as its ruling planet Uranus spins on its side and orbits backwards. As a fixed air sign represented by the water bearer pouring the spirit of cosmic energy, Aquarius seeks to find like-minded, intuitively aligned souls to connect in social groups for the elevation and improvement of all. This is Martha Norwalk, every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Natasha Venter at AngelicClarifications.com, we cover the world of animals. This week, it's an encore presentation. Tune in to hear our last healing show with Dr. Nels Rasmussen and Linda Rasmussen in the studio. Together, they helped callers and their animal friends with emotional, behavioral, and physical issues, and Nathan's dog's Abby even had a spontaneous healing. Tune in for Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Going our own way every day. Alternative Talk 1150. Hi again. Okay, here I am. Sorry, I muted myself. Yes, Denny, let's listen to your good intentions, and then that would be just a wonderful. What a wonderful program. It's just this feeling of peace and contentment, and you've all built up this wonderful energy to really welcome in the spirit of the the water rabbit. I, I discovered from being amongst you all that I had one of my four pillars actually in Water Rabbit, my hour pillar. And that was the one that John so aptly said, this is the one that's really back to childhood and old age. And I, just a real quick story, 
just the other day, I happened to go on Google Earth and I decided to Google my house that I don't remember. It was the one I was born in, put in the address and up came something that just took my breath away because it was an amalgam of all the things I've been wishing for in a house, the same kind of foliage and and uh, landscaping and picket fence and the, you know columns, the whole thing. And I suddenly understood why I had this lifelong longing. So it was a nice circle of you know coming back to that. So um, I think for this year as the water rabbit, it's going to be that nice circling back, even though my um, year is not actually rabbit, it is water snake. And what I'm saying is that I'm suggesting to everybody here that you have a lot of other points that you can look at and really flesh out your different parts of your personality by looking not just at the the year and the animal for the year, but going into those four pillars and discovering more about yourself. You're probably going to have one of two reactions. You're going to say, oh, that explains that's me and that's that's backs that up, nail it. And the other reaction is, oh, I don't like that sign. <laughs> I, that's my sister's sign and I don't get along or, you know, whatever. And uh, not to reveal too much, I actually have a wonderful sister. But um, I, to me, it brought out the whole concept of polarities. And that which we really dislike is really what we often have a lot of in ourselves. So as we move into this new year, it's a chance to go into the two different aspects that Chinese philosophy really reminds us of, is that we have polarities and we have the yin and the yang. And the, um, you know, if you look at the picture, the yin and the yang, it's that black and white, but within the white, there's black and vice versa. So it's, it's kind of like peeling the layers of the onion. And all of this is really just more, more, uh, more for us to begin to, to really get back to our nature of, of being at peace and harmony and loving ourselves and loving everybody else. So um, a very powerful hermetic concept. Who knows if it's Eastern or Western, because if you go back in history, there was a time when all the Eastern philosophies were very similar to what split and came off into the West. And, you know, we are living in a really exciting time because we're now discovering the similarities between the East and the West that for a long time we thought East was East and West was West. And psychologists like Jung were saying, don't mix the two. If you're born in the East, don't apply Western psychology at it might be dangerous and vice versa. Um, although he said in the limited study he had done, there didn't seem to be any harm in it, but you know, be careful. So now we're in this time of really um, even physically changing and uh, you know, different DNA changes and all that and, and new discoveries in science. And among them really discovering how similar the East and West really are. So uh, just, you know, I think of the pentatonic scale, which is the black notes of uh, on a piano, uh, which is Eastern music, and then the Western, which is a lot of the white notes, and and putting them together. 
and uh, you know then then you get an exciting exciting uh, things to listen to i think that this will be a year of listening it you know the the rabbit the going within it pairs beautifully with our numerology concept of of uh, the seven year and i'll just leave you with one other thought and that is why does all this matter like you know why should you do um th these prescribed things like eat noodles for long life or uh, you know like what is it why does it matter because there's the stars and then there's us here on earth and does it really make a difference and i would just say and i'm kind of preaching to the choir here but but one thing that isn't mentioned a whole lot in astrology, Eastern or Western, is that the stars are really energy. They, you know, the Bible has a passage where the angels are stars. And so they're, they're markers of phenomenal benevolent energy. Uh, we are now in a period where we're looking at the big picture. We have this wonderful comet that hasn't been seen in, in millions of years and may never be seen again. Um, so it's a time, it's a very special time and uh, we have three chances to celebrate it. And, and I think Sue's going to tell you about, uh, the next time to celebrate it besides this weekend. Oh, thank you, Denny. It's always good. In fact, Nathan, can I have those slides? I just going to recap a few things and then, okay. There's a few rituals here that people read is important because it scares away the bad guys, <laughs> the bad energies. And uh, some of these I wanted to, okay, we will let's see. What was I trying? Oh, again, it, the order of the animals goes rat, ox, tiger, rabbit, dragon, snake. And these are years. If you want to check them, look at the slides. Then it goes horse, sheep, monkey, rooster, dog, pig. And again, the last year for the water rabbit was 2011, which was metal, 1999 earth, 87 was fire, 75 wood, and 63 was water. So I think before we do this one, we I'm going to leave this up while each one of us it speaks of what event we might have. We have big 30 seconds. And I'm going to say for me, we have Astro Jam next week, which is we have two mystery charts and both Justin and Jen will be on it. So that'll be very exciting. And it's always, it's quarterly. It's going to be the fifth Sunday of whenever there is a fifth Sunday, which is quarterly. Okay. So let's see. I know that Jen, do you have something? coming up that you can uh, I will I am currently working on the cosmic pulse Aries ingress hopefully our guests will be Alex Tranowith in to be confirmed Katiana Hartwell who run the astrology children's courses at IAA as well as there is a possibility I'll be doing another talk with Mark Cullen's group in Scotland and teaching and giving readings. Thank you, Good. Sue. And that's with IAA. It's a podcast. Very exciting. John, I'm going across the screen here. Do you have an event or something you would like to bring up? 
Oh, I'm just uh, reading charts. I'm at um, skypathastro.com. And also, I am a water rabbit. So this is the year where I've, I've lived them all. I'm also having a Jupiter return coming up in February, which he figured out. So that's kind of exciting <laughs> to be on this we, talk and, have, and living that now. You know, It is. And we might, after we conclude this and get into the chart, have a little time to discuss it. Danny, what event might you be coming up with? Yes. So I do uh, new moon and full moon shows. They're kind of psychic panels mixed with a little bit of experimentation and psychic development. And uh, Justin, in fact, is a co-host on that. So if you go to East West Bookshop or East West Center for Self-Realization, same thing. Um, and you can check out the events there. Good. And I think that's monthly, isn't it? I believe. Yes. But now every two weeks because. Oh, boy. <laughs> and full moon. Yeah. So based just before we depart, essentially, what's the timing of that? Is it Thursday, Friday, Tuesday? It How will it? really vary according to the moons. You know, we try to get. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Of possible. course. Yeah. Was I listening? Thank you. Okay. Amanda, what have you? Ahead. We I don't know. have any events coming up, but um, reach out if you're interested in a reading or interested in taking a meditation class. Uh, you can reach me at amandamoon.net or uh, amandamoonastrology at gmail.com. Wonderful. That's very good. And Justin. Yes. Um, so I do in-depth natal charts. And so I'm using a lot of what I, so if you're interested in a reading, you can get a hold of me. I do in-depth readings, but it's feeding into a book I'm writing and doing some research. Um, I also got an astrology workshop that I'm going to be doing here next month. And um, that's it. Just and, and of course, what Denny mentioned. So now your workshop, is that going to be on on your website? It's for astrologers, yes. It'll be on my website, yes. Thank you. Okay, excellent. In that case, if I can get the slides again, Nathan. Okay. So generally, and I will say that now, well, because we want to make sure people know, but this came from Toronto. And it reminds people that when rabbits come out of their burrows in the spring, open up your eyes and look around and ask, what inspirations do you find in nature? The colors that um, in your dreams or else, what gifts would the season bring us? I think that's a good idea that the rabbit it does come out of hibernation to, to experience. We're experiencing life. And... Before I leave, too, that essentially there's different ways of saying in Chinese or Vietnamese, Kung Hai Fat Choi, if I'm saying that right, and in Vietnamese, I can't really pronounce that, Chuk Mung Nam Moe might be somewhat correct if people are not smiling too much for my thing. And there are at the end some links to. And then we have some different links. But what we're going to get, and then again, there all these individuals, we do have a slide where they can all be reached at. Um, many people are their names. And we're going to now go to the chart and discuss it a little bit. Just We're going to go to the chart. Okay, there we are. 
some thoughts. I think, is that the, yes, the Lunar New Year, January 21st, 3.53 p.m. in Eastern Time. So if anybody wants to have some comments about that, that would be fine. I love this chart. Um, sometimes I'll get pictures of events and I'll see an astrology chart without um, looking at it first. And I actually prefer to read charts that way. I will get kind of uh, spirit will show me areas to look at that are illuminated. And then I'll look at the chart and it'll match the, the one that I had um, been guided to look at. So, so this chart matches what I was envisioning for this particular time. I just felt like um, it was an image that I saw of a cherry blossom tree. And at the very top, uh, you know, so you had this kind of stem at the bottom and then this full more than half circle with the branches. And each of those planets were appearing to me like, like branches were full of, of these beautiful pink flowers. Um, this chart is really um, kind of looking forward to like right now where the moon is, is uh, just beginning and the skies are basically dark, um, not even the crescent yet. This is a time to plant the seeds and to really manifest the, those dreams and to put the intent in there. And then in a couple of weeks when we get um, you know, near the first part of the, like the around the 4th of February, when we have a chart where we're actually celebrating more of the arrival of spring and the early signs with the buds and the branches and all. So um, when I when I was seen in my brain was just the flowering of energy and and each of the the flowers had uh, sparkles like diamonds or gold. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, it's kind of that all chemical mix of, of the, that you need for the excitement behind um, the energy of, of manifestations. So I think it's a beautiful chart. And I love the angle of how um, you have, uh, you know, the good luck planets that right centered there in that um, isosceles triangle with the angles. So I think for a lot of different reasons, the patterns, the angles, um, the planets that are emphasized. This is a really beautiful chart. Well, thank you. And for those podcast people, Jupiter is sitting at the top of this Eastern Standard Timing chart, which happens to be at 15 degrees Cancer rising. So Jupiter happens to be four degrees right now. And it is conjunct Juno, which, as we know, wants our alliances. And it is forward patterns ahead. It, the ruler in, in Mars, of course, is looking for diversity and ever communicative Gemini. So that really relates. But more than that, I was thinking to myself, if Mars, which it is answering to, is in this what they call a, a finger of God, which is when things don't mix, but we have to really be very careful at trying to elevate our view. So it's kind of combines things. And some people would say, no, a yod doesn't, this configuration doesn't match because it's with the south node. I would differ because I, for me, I know that a lot of my life is involving reconditioning or with the past or else going back to the past to figure it out because I too am writing. And so, but it's, it takes that, it seems to me for the rabbit, this is where I need to realize 
my direction needs to sidestep or think of other exits or think of these relaxation rather than stress. Like if I, if it's not working, reframe. I mean, so I think really that the, the, the rabbit has very, been very helpful learning as I have just from listening to everybody how to approach. Anybody else? May I quickly just comment on the sextile between the sun and Jupiter and that in Western astrology, that's an opportunity and they're both yang, considered yang or active signs and that there's this opportunity and it makes me think of the rabbit and opportunities to be strategic. And for the other thing I wanted to mention is that quickly is that those who are born this year or babies February 2nd to March 21st will be born in a rabbit month and um, in 63 uh, February 24th to March 24th will be in the month of a rabbit and there's other dates if people want to contact or reach out yes that's very astute to realize that that connective energy which we call 60 degrees a sextile sorry there yep. was one thing that i wanted to yeah. mention is that the difference between a ha a baby hare is that they're born with fur and open eyes and rabbits are born furless and blind and um jenny was talking about that dichotomy or that a polarity and that 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 aloofness or detachment of the rabbit um we may not always be able to see or feel what's actually going on so what we see on the surface may not be the actual underlying feeling of the rabbit very good you know we have three minutes uh if some John or Justin, Amanda, did you have, I know Amanda, you spoke about Neptune that will be ingress, not Neptune, but um, Saturn that will be ingressing. And I think I have a chart for that right here for folks, if you want to see it, because it really illuminates, but I'll quit talking. Anybody has something they want to say? Well, I, I just wanted to note that this new moon is the closest new moon to Earth um, since the Middle Ages. And so that's like over a thousand years. And any time a planet is or luminary body is close to the Earth, it's it's more of a felt experience. It's more intense. So there's a there's the fact that this is lining up with the year of the rabbit is, I think, really beautiful and very potent. And uh, this, this may be a very big year for all of us. How fascinating. I had no idea of that. And, you know, I, that's awesome, uh, Amanda. And, you know, I just wanted to add on to what Jennifer's saying about Jupiter um, and what you mentioned about its connection with Juno there. And I think, you know, Jupiter at four degrees, the very beginnings there, and with Juno being that commitment, marriage, or relationship, this is a really great time to start new beginnings, start new things, get new projects started for anybody listening. So, Excellent. Yes, excellent. May the year of the rabbit bring peace to the earth and prosperity to all. That's always the best. And... I so appreciate all of us. We have about a minute here where we can harmonize to the music because isn't music with Pisces? It's huge. I think remembering to play that flute instead of 
That's one of the legends with the between the rat and the um, the ox, and also yeah. that uh, connecting to Amanda's theme of the moon being significant.、Um, I wanted to just toss in there that the legends of the moon, the rabbit. Uh, pounding on the jade pestle of the elixir for the elixir of immortality, and as the Chinese say, for Lunar New Year, wishing everyone wealth, prosperity, and good luck. Ah, that's beautiful. I, I love that imagery. Very good. Well, prosperity to all. Thank you. One and all, that's、Denny、thank you for joining John, us on、Justin. Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.